Hey, I, hey, I got, I've got really big news. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's not really big news. My phone is bigger. Oh no! It's bigger. It's bigger Did because it swell. I, it's is bigger the because it's in a swollen? battery case. <laughs> yeah, oh, I figured. John Moltz, <laughs> you old so and so. That's me. That's me. So I've been having a lot of trouble with the lightning port. Just mm-hmm. like a sure. when I want to charge it, I have to get it in there and make sure that I just leave it and not like even nudge it at all. Otherwise it will stop charging. And I've, I've fished a whole bunch of lint out of it and that, that has not seemed to make a difference. So, um, I, I actually found Put all the lint back uh, in again. <laughs> I was fishing around in an old box as one does. And I found a lot of fishing happening, a, um, a Mophie battery pack. That's probably from my iPhone four. Five, <laughs> and I put it on the SE, and it worked. It really held very little charge, if any at all. Um, but the th- something about the snugness of the battery pack made the lightning like it. Every time I plugged the battery pack in, it would see it, no problem. Like it would, it did not have any sort of um, fiddliness with the cable. Mm. So I thought, oh, okay, maybe that's 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 going to work. So I bought a new battery pack for the SE. And uh, it's a lightning one so that I can put lightning on the outside instead of um, micro USB. And uh, it seems to be working pretty well so far. So I, I like that your phone is essentially on light support. It is. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, for 20 bucks, I got this. I got this battery pack and it'll it should last me. You know, now it'll last me at least until. <laughs> the next phone apple ships whatever that is <laughs> you don't get to use an apple case right that that doesn't exist for your size no no not because yeah, i wanted to know how you liked the dedicated camera button but you don't yeah. have one so you don't know the there's no dedicated camera button on this i'm lucky to get anything I'm sorry i'm lucky if it doesn't explode in my face that's the great thing about reading um amazon reviews of sort of there's there's no there's they still make a Mophie, but the Mophie was actually reviewed, you know, at least on Amazon worse than this one, which is some mm. no name brand. Um, and and also, oh, yeah. looked you're going to be on fire. Also looked worse <laughs> um, because it extended down the bottom, whereas this one just makes it thicker. And I thought I'd rather have I'd rather have it thicker than longer. And <laughs> <laughs> good Lord, which is <laughs> we're right back here again. Yeah. <laughs> Let me talk about my pencil. Yeah, Let me talk about my pencil. Say that about the pencil, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and so a lot of the reviews were like, <laughs> "This thing destroyed my iPhone." Not a lot of the reviews. There were a few reviews that said this thing destroyed my iPhone. But at the same time, these were people who had like iPhone fives and iPhone five S's, and I thought, "This, you know, that you've got an old phone. It's possible the phone just destroyed right. itself." Well, congratulations. How do you, Thank does you so the much. thickness bother you or is it? Yes. Fine? Yes. Like, no, the thickness does, does bother me, <laughs> but it's, you know, I'm going to have to live with it for, for like three months. Uh, yeah, you are. And then I guess we'll see if you're going to have to live with something iPhone eight sized anyways. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. There's still these rumors uh, of a small, like a, so like a f- 5.4 inch. Yeah. But even oh wait, I saw a thing about that this week that suggested even that was essentially going to be iPhone eight ish. Yeah. So, I mean, it, they're not going to make anything that is this size. Yeah. That's yeah. not happening yeah. anytime soon. So, 
So I'm probably, I mean, I don't think there's any way I'm not going to buy whatever the next, you know, the iPhone, the iPhone 9. I'm, I'm going to call it the iPhone 9. You, you heard um, it here first. Yes. And I'm, I'm be very surprised if I, I don't I you had that. naming rights. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, it'll only be 400 bucks. So, yeah. <laughs> A lot of predictions <laughs> happening this week. John is the lathe of heaven over here. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to go to sleep for a minute. <laughs> and then when I wake up, this is the way it'll be. I haven't been on the show. I've been on an episode that released in 2020. But this is my first time recording with you guys in 2020. So I wanted to do a bit of follow-up if I could. Please. Sure. Yeah. And I apologize. I am, if, if depending on how tightly Dan edits this, I'm going to constantly cross-talk people because I'm using Bluetooth headphones, which of course have latency, but that's all I have here today. So I'm doing my best. <laughs> Fucking monster. So I had mentioned in 2019 that I intended to uh, deactivate my Facebook account by year's end, which indeed I did. Um, by the way, most commented post I had on Facebook in years, the post saying, I'm leaving soon. This is it. And then still afterwards, after getting like 50 or whatever comments, then I had people writing me and texting me later, like, Hey, did your Facebook account go away? And I'm like, yes, but you never look anyway. Um, (laughs) apparently the, uh, the second smartest thing I did besides deactivating my Facebook account. And actually today marked the uh, third time since the new year that I went to Facebook in my browser, forgetting like I had a couple minutes of downtime and I typed in Facebook in my. On my Mac, and that was it. And it's like it's just logged down. That's fine. And I was like moved on. But on my phone, and this is my pro tip to anybody who considers deactivating Facebook or even just wants to use it less. On my phone, I moved it from. I removed the icon from my phone altogether. But what I put there was Instapaper, which I have neglected for literally years at this point, but is still filled with at least sixty percent articles that I'm interested in reading. So if I get the muscle memory urge of like, well, I've gone through Twitter and I'm caught up on RSS feeds and no text from Dan or John, then the next place I go is that Facebook icon location, which is now Instapaper. It's like, oh, I can sit down with some long form journalism. And it is like killing it. I feel quite better than everyone else when I, <laughs> I'm satisfying my Facebook <laughs> urge with Instapaper. So just just wanted to share That's all that because it's been an nice. interesting. I like I like that idea. I my <laughs> my attempt. So early on in 2020, I added a screen time limit for social media apps. And uh, while I was traveling uh, in January, it worked great. I had like a two hour limit, like uh, between Instagram and uh twitter which are like kind of mainly the things i use and i didn't hit it a single day and i was like this is awesome this is great i got home and it was still going fine and then i realized that's because the apps uh, it didn't automatically transfer over to the mac <laughs> and so when i'm at my mac the app is open like all the time right it might be in the background and i'm not sure how screen time logs that right like i think it may just log it based on how long the app is open are you using maybe not time in the foreground the twitter twitter app no i'm using the tweetbot tweetbot does it does it know i mean does it even know that tweetbot is part of you can manually add it okay okay screen time limits let you do that they let you just add things to the category okay so i added that and twitter.com and now like about one o'clock each day It shuts down, and I'm like, oh, boy, this is not working. So, yeah, I either need to sort of revise this, or mm-hmm. I need to set up, like, separate rules between iOS and the Mac. Um, <laughs> I don't so know. So you can jump from device to, to device so that you can well, stretch I your mean, Twitter usage out all day long again. But, again, if it's just if it's logging time in the background, that, yeah, doesn't, true. that shouldn't count. That should be. That's unfair. Um, I don't know. So, anyways... Uh, not going quite as well as I thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I tried. I tried, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good effort. 
I don't consider this picks. I consider this something else. But I, the other thing that I had on my list, and rather than write down my list, I just chanted it in my head until we started recording. So I'm just spitting mm-hmm. it all out at once. Uh, Dan Frakes on Twitter. Uh, Dan Frakes, our friend and formal, formerly Wirecutter in Macworld. Now I don't know where he works. Some software or hardware company. Um, <laughs> also services. <laughs> also services. But he, also services. Lots of billions of dollars of services. Mm-hmm. But uh, he recommended an app on Twitter which I read because I don't have Dan's serious Twitter restrictions in place, uh, called In Your Face. And I don't think this app really is necessary for, certainly for Moltz and probably even for Dan, but I'm a person who, A, has many, many meetings to go to during the day, and B, uses a very large screen when I'm at the office. Um, And In Your Face uh, addresses a problem that I wish I could address system-wide, which is that the notification center banners that pop up for things like meeting reminders are very subtle on a very large screen. Right. And uh, if I'm focused on the left side of my screen, if you think about a two monitor setup, if I'm focused on the left screen effectively and the notification comes up on the right, uh, you can miss it. And so mm-hmm. in your face connects to your calendars of your choice on your Mac and puts a full screen uh, must interact with it modal <laughs> that says you have a ah. meeting starting right now. And that is all it does. And I it definitely don't want that. I, I also do not want that. <laughs> I, knew, I knew this wasn't for you guys, but I thought maybe there'd be some listeners who like me have okay. like hyper scheduled days because I can like, it's rare that I don't have a meeting. Right. So in, in those uh, moments when I'm just hunkering down and doing the goddamn work for once, it's very easy to get laser focused on the thing I'm writing or the thing I'm crap, whatever it is, the spreadsheet I'm working in. And uh, having this thing go full screen and be like, you have a meeting right now has already paid back the $3 that I spend for it in the Mac app store. So I'm a big fan. But I do think Apple needs to figure this out. I I have a question actually kind of related to that because I've been looking for an app that does um, something screen related as well, which is I have a couple situations where like I have a bunch of apps open and I need them arranged very specifically. I don't know if you guys, do you have any apps that do like kind of window uh you know resizing and positioning windows like for like preset locations like oh i'm doing this task uh, i want to hit it oh like for multiple apps i see what you're saying yeah like i i have so for example when i'm the biggest thing i'm thinking of is when i'm running uh, total party kill i'm doing video streaming for that now so like i need to have my browser here i need to have my like zoom video conference window over here and they're all set up in very specific ways because i'm then capturing portions of the screen and it'd be like, oh, it would be great if instead of having to resize this crap every time, I could hit a keyboard shortcut and it could automatically like move all the apps to the right uh-huh. place. I used to have an app called Stay um, that was kind of did this for um, switching between monitor configs. So I used it on my laptop and it would like know that when I plugged in an external monitor, like certain things should go to certain monitors and et cetera. And like that worked pretty well. It's kind of old. I don't think it's been updated in a long time. I'm not sure if it still works with Catalina. Um, or if there's a better solution, but I'm kind of in the, I'm looking for something like that where it's like, I can create sets of like window sizes and locations and then use like a hotkey or something because that would just, it would just save me time. Right. I just suffer mostly when when I switch monitors, when I (laughs) plug plug in an external monitor. Is that an app? Is that uh, (laughs) a lifestyle? It's what it is. Okay. All right. Um, the only thing that I ever had was, I can't remember the name of it, uh, magnet. Was it Magnet? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you could drag yeah. uh, Windows to the side, and it would automatically, yeah. like, you know, if you drag it to the left, it would automatically There's, have it take um, up half the screen. If you drag it to the right top, it would take up a quarter of the screen or something like that. There's an app called um, Moom that does some Windows stuff, I think. I use Moom. I am a Moom user. It's from many tricks. Uh, our f- which another is, former our colleague of ours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He never worked at uh, Apple or 
the wire cutter, but he did work in Macworld. Uh, although I don't think I overlapped with him at all there. Uh, but yeah, Moom uh, takes over the green traffic light icon in your upper left of mm. your windows uh, so that you can automatically tell a window to take up half, uh, either half of the screen in either orientation. So the top, left, yeah. right, or bottom halves. Um, and it can even do more stuff. Uh, and I constantly forget my keyboard shortcuts for it, so I only ever use it for that purpose. Um, 99% of the time, I don't use it at all. But if I want to set up two windows Ooh. side by side rather than futzing, I can just remember to move it up. And it that does really, say it does work. Move it up. It does say you can set up a collection of windows in the size and locations you wish, then save the layout. So this might be what I'm looking for, guys. I, I wanted to recommend Moom, but I was just nervous about cross-talking you. But yes, I think, I think Moom does actually do this. Um, so that is my advice to you. Moom, there it is. <laughs> Uh, no, um, no. Yeah, the, um, we should we uh, we should also plug John Syracuse's. Yeah, should we? Uh, well, you know, before, I think we should. We should mention it since we're talking about windowing. All right, do that first, and then I'm going to go back to notifications again. But first, do Syracuse's crazy. Yeah, app. so he's got an app out called Front and Center, which uh, returns an ancient behavior to OS 10 that was, I guess, present in OS 9 and previous versions of the mac os which is that if you clicked on a window in an app all the windows for that app came to the foreground instead of just that particular window and this also lets you lets you you know set other set it for you can set it to do that you can set it to not do that you can you know i think there's like there's also like you can command click or something like that to to have it um shift shift click to shift shift click to bring forward just that one window I was just going to say, I, I feel like I, I do remember this being an adjustment um, when I came to uh, OS X, but it's been so long yeah. now that right. I've totally gotten used to it. Yeah, and I, I, think, know that, I think I would have a hard time going back. I, I think, and, and for me, Same. I've totally, yeah, I've internalized the fact that if I want to bring all the windows forward, I just click on the dock icon and that does it. Right. Um, and I think otherwise I do actually often like to bring, bring only one yes. window forward, especially if I'm sure. referring to something in another app. So I, I mean, great for people. This is such a John app because it's exactly. like, <laughs> I've been stewing over this for like yeah. 20 years right. and I well, decided so to make thing. an app. <laughs> uh, first I would say you can click on the dock icon or command tab to the app to bring all of its windows forward. But Syracuse mm-hmm. hasn't been stewing over this because the reason he had to create the app is because he's been relying on other third party utilities whose life he beliefs are coming to an end because of changes ah. to how OS 10 works. So he's used a variety of third party utilities over the year. And I think that if those hadn't, ex- and I'm grateful that they did, I have no objection to these things existing. If those hadn't existed, I think he would have made the adjustment, this adjustment the same way that yeah. 99% of us made the adjustment to trackpad scrolling in the opposite direction. And now if you mm-hmm. encounter one that scrolls the way our Max uh, used to, my, it my dad, my dad leaves yeah. it on the old method. And every yeah. time I try to fix something Karen, on the Karen's computer, got it's on like, the old, ah, yeah, my! Karen's got on the old method too. Although I think she might have switched in the, like a couple of versions ago. I can't now. I can't remember. But, but yeah, it's very weird to go use one that's like that. But so uh, to me, it's one of those things where you have to be willing to spend somewhere between three days and a week. I feel like forcing yeah. yourself to use the thing that you hate. And I feel like once you do yeah. that, then you suddenly learn to love it. <laughs> that's how I am with yeah. people. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I installed, I bought and installed front and center just to support John. Uh, and because it does have a great icon, um, a very, uh, like system seven esque inspired icon. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, it is not an app for me. I do not actually run it. But I supported. Certain it's funny because there there are site. a bunch of other there are a bunch of other things that I feel like more recent changes that I'm still struggling with. Um, the biggest one being 
the uh, deprecation of the old plugin architecture in Safari because I had a couple plugins that like I really relied on, and I I'm still a little frustrated with the way things go. So for example, really a really simple Safari plugin I had was one that always opened tabs at the end of the browser window. And that w- that doesn't work anymore uh, based on the way the plugin architecture works now. And I'm constantly frustrated with that in Safari because I really dislike the open next to the open tab. Mm. Um, and some people really like that. I know, I know I found trying to find a way around it. And I found like, you know, uh, Apple script from Gruber from years ago to make it open next to the current tab. Um, and then they eventually it's like now I'm a little angry at John because he wrote a whole post about like oh here's an Apple script to make it open next to it this should really be the behavior and then at some point it changed so that was the behavior I'm like oh fucking John Gruber ruined this for me (laughs) by convincing people at Apple that that's the way it should work and I was very happy with the other way Mm. I wish that was just an option like I wish that seems like a thing that would just make it perfectly fine I even just went into the preferences because I was thinking that's really not (laughs) <laughs> nope can't do be. it anymore yeah uh if you open a blank new tab i believe it opens at the end but if you open a link in a tab nope i'm wrong uh there there are some cases where it does still open as the last thing on the tab list but yeah i just i wish it was just a preference one way or the other yeah uh and the other one that's really f- like a bummer to lose because i think the built-in functionality that does this isn't as good is i had very good um i had a couple different uh, plugins at various times let you do searches from the address bar but essentially create your own custom shortcuts so like if i know i wanted to search macworld for example for a specific thing i could type uh write a shortcut that essentially would let me type mw space a query and it would automatically do like a google search where the site was limited to macworld but it also worked with like if you could grab the query strings from things like imdb or wikipedia you could just type IMDb space blah, and it would search IMDb or Wiki or W, and it would say search Wikipedia. This kind of exists in Safari, but it's not done as well <laughs> um, because I think by default you still need to like if you type for example Wiki something, it might give you like the top hits, but you have to use the arrow keys to navigate. Like, and sometimes I just want to search. So. Uh, yeah, I've been bummed about that. There were a couple good, I think OmniKey was one and Safari Keyword Search before that. But yeah, unfortunately, the uh, the way the built in way it works isn't quite as good to my my mind. Do you do you use spaces? Spaces like the space bar or spaces no. like the mission control thing? <laughs> I type all like my words. Mission control thing. I type all of my words run together. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> makes, that's how people say I speak on podcasts. So I figure I should type really, that way too. <laughs> it, it's really hard to hit my column word count that mm-hmm. way. Uh, I, I do use spaces. Uh, I want to use spaces and do not. Yeah, uh, I, I do use spaces and only, again, for like very specific things. So, for example, when I'm recording clockwise... And I need certain tabs or like certain browser tabs open and Safari and Audio Hijack, like mostly podcast stuff. I will often use a separate space just for like like a temporary thing. It's like, okay, I'm doing this task. Yeah. I'm opening a space. I'm, I've got all my windows for this task in this space. And then when that task is done, I will close that space. Right. Um, so like most of the time, no, but for very specific things, I do. Yeah. Okay. Me, not so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, really not at all <laughs> and that was one of the things <laughs> no. that i tried really hard to use like i i thought that i was looking forward to that when it came to os 10 it came in 
I don't remember. A while back. It was a long time ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago. And I, you know, dutifully set up a bunch of spaces and I tried using them for weeks and realized that I went just kept going back to using one space and finally got rid of them. I want to complain about notifications, but before I do, (laughs) what I don't want to complain about is Kensington. This episode of The Rebound is brought to you by Kensington, the people who make universal docking stations that are designed to increase productivity. So when you're battling your Mac and all its weird stuff, at least you got this. It's so easy to use, you can get access to more ports and make your sleek MacBook, Chromebook, or other laptop as powerful as a desktop. It's plug-and-play with no drivers, so you can enjoy up to dual 4K displays with HDMI and DisplayLink video connectors, plus USB 3.0, USB-C, and Thunderbolt 3 with power delivery available. The Kensington engineering team has three decades of experience. That's like three-fifths of a molts in high-volume manufacturing of hardware IT products, plus rigorous test cycles and quality control, which means all their products are tested above industry standards. If you're an IT decision maker looking to find the right docking solutions for your organization, check Kensington's Pro Concierge program and test drive a docking solution today. Visit kensington.com slash rebound now to check out Kensington. That's kensington.com slash rebound to learn more. Our thanks to Kensington for their support of the rebound. Um, my notifications complaint is about iOS now because I already complained about notifications on the Mac. Uh, but on iOS, I, I was just tweeting about this yesterday and I, I think it probably sounded like I was mostly kidding and I was really mostly serious. I feel like there is not an iOS user on the planet. Uh, who uses banner notifications, who hasn't had the issue of unintentionally tapping a notification when you're trying to tap something on the top of the screen. Uh, and then you switch apps and then you're angry and you swear. At least I do. Um, to me, I at least want some kind of heightened sensitivity on notifications uh, in the top left corner of the screen where back buttons or navigation for many, many apps are, right? Because there's the, the top teeny tiny corner, you know, uh, iOS level back to previous app thing, depending on how you got to the app you're in. Uh, and then many, many apps use that top left corner below that spot for just regular navigation. So I want to, I want it to require a more intentional press on banner notifications if that's the corner you're in, because I never intentionally tap a banner there. Alternatively, I want banners, and this would not work aesthetically, to be slightly shorter. I want the tab target to be slightly <laughs> narrower than it is. Uh, because when it happens, it just, I miss the notification or like I, I haven't read that notification because that's not what I was after. So now I've, if I didn't want to read the email that it's just switched me to or whatever, now I got to mark that thing unread and go back to where I was. And it's just, uh, do, have you guys experienced, am I alone in this complaint? Because it drives me crazy. I'm sure I, I have not experienced it as much as you have. I don't probably don't get nearly as many notifications as you do. Um, yeah, I'm probably I'm like trying John to think if I have experienced it and I can't say that I have or have not. So I usually, if it's like, if I'm uh, if I'm trying to tap something at the top of the screen and there's a notification there, I feel like I almost always just flick the notification, you know, back up, which works most of the time. Um, but I, I, you know, it's funny. I hadn't even thought of this, so like I'm trying to think about like what I do, but I think it's so unconscious that I don't even really cognizant like con- like know exactly how I get around this problem. I don't think I've experienced it as much as you do though, but probably like John said, I don't think I probably get as many notifications as you either. Yeah. That's interesting. That is an interesting take on it. That's one of the problems is the volume of notifications. Cause it doesn't happen all the time, but I would say it happens at least once a day. Um, 
I do have notifications turned on for email, which I would love to turn off, but can't. <laughs> um, yeah. It's not a technical problem. It's a professional one. Um, but uh, interesting. Okay. So some of it is volume of notifications. All right. I'll noodle yeah. on that. The, ti- the time <laughs> when I would get it would be about, you know, like six o'clock in the morning here when uh, Dan and Guy are sending me um, things about Arrow. <laughs> and um, I always have notifications <laughs> turned off at that hour. That's probably smart. <laughs> <laughs> You know how um, people complained on the latest versions of iOS or maybe, maybe no, you know, it's the latest versions of iOS plus the newest iPhones that have the different, that lose force touch, I guess. You have to, it's a slightly clickier click to turn on the flashlight or trigger the camera on the home screen. You guys know what I'm referring to? Yeah, the the button. It requires a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. it requires a little it's bit like more finicky press. pressing. I think I want that level of interaction in the top left corner only of notifications. I just want, I want it to have to be slightly more intentional tap. That's what I'm requesting. That's all I want. Yeah, that's fair. That's you're fair. Not gonna, you're I, not going to get it, but okay. No, you're not at all going to get it. <laughs> I, a couple things that I want to mention. One of which is uh, uh, late breaking news as we record this. Uh, Apple has acquired artificial intelligence company. I'm not even sure I can pronounce this. It's <laughs> X-N-O-R dot A-I. Is it Xnor? Is it Xnor? I don't know. Anyways, it's an artif- the company that specializes in on-device artificial intelligence. So I guess that makes sense. Seems like a thing that Apple's really into. <laughs> Cost $200 million. Anyone buying? No? Okay. Fine. <laughs> Not me. I actually, the thing I really wanted to bring up, though, is this um, thing that was, uh, had been making the rounds about a pro mode coming to Catalina. Essentially, a mode uh, where you can sort of do a trade-off and say, uh, I want more power and I'm willing to sacrifice battery life and, like, fan quietness in order to get it. Which seemed like an interesting idea um, for a uh, on the Mac. I don't know if that was something you guys saw. Mm-hmm. The thing that I saw it and I, I can't disagree with any of it. The only part of Marco's blog post that I would challenge is he's like, uh, low power mode on iOS became wildly popular. Uh, I don't know that there's any even possibility of having statistics on that. So it felt like that was like a blind anecdotal spot for him where he was aware of it. Um, but I don't know. I, I think the vast majority of people who ever use it would only use it if their phone prompts them to because they're getting to the 20% warning. <laughs> But uh, I certainly turned it on if I'm going to travel. I do know people who have it on a lot. Like, yeah. And and I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Overcast, you know, his stats on that, for example, give him any Mm, information about it. But it's possible. Um, I I do. Anecdotally, I will agree that it seems like one of the features that most people. Let me put it this way. People that I know who use it, who tend to not be technically savvy people that like know about lots of other features it does like seem like something that's at least permeated the popular consciousness of iphone users Uh, congrats to our listener who just got a notification that was (laughs) was, me thank you cheery that was very you know and i used it i told you guys the other day like i used it when we were um at uh, universal over the new year's break right i had it on all day and my 10 uh 10 s 11 pro god i cannot remember which iphone i'm on uh lasted the entire day with no problems i had like 30 percent battery left at like 10 30 11 at night and i had been going since six in the morning um and you know what's great is a battery pack yeah (laughs) but like i didn't even need one i didn't even carry one uh and and so i i totally agree that there should be a low power mode on the mac like why not right like that that seems like 
I, I have plenty of times where I would like to eke more life out of my laptop battery. Um, and that's led people to suggest sort of a low data mode for the Mac too, which is stuff that you can sort of get away with um, sort of using apps like trip, trip mode. Is it trip mode? I can't remember, but it, like apps that essentially like shut down certain um, other applications from accessing the network, for example. But like, there are definitely cases where it's like, Oh, I'm using, uh, uh, you know, uh, some, some place where I don't want to use uh, like full speed internet or I don't, I want to extend my battery life. I feel like, why not? I would, I would definitely support a low power mode for Macs. I want every possible option. That's what I want. A lot of <laughs> I want a dizzying array of settings mm-hmm. and, um, then you, my friend, are are in the market for a Linux machine. <laughs> yeah. It's the year of Linux on the desktop. Does it really let you do that? I don't know if it really does, because it seems like Almost the few certainly. times that I always try that I try and install Linux that it's so difficult to get the sound card working that it, it's like it doesn't even know that it exists. So anyway. It is. I'm sure the option is there. You just might need to memorize some arcane terminals. I, 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 well, the problem is I'm not compiling my you know my own operating system. I think that's the problem. I mean you're not you're yeah you are uncompiled molts that's what i've always said about you <laughs> uncompilable uncompilable the part that i think about that marco's post i'm thinking about is because marco is basically saying you know even for his like resource intensive stuff that he does that oftentimes you know using the tweaks that he can to switch what gpu he's using through third-party utilities which is a version of a, a sort of a low power mode uh doesn't hamper him right doesn't slow him down for the vast majority of things he does and there are occasions when it is but the trade-off is still worth it to him it's unusual to me that the OS doesn't want to auto optimize for that stuff more, mm-hmm. right? Like it can, it should be able, like Apple has a bajillion hours of anonymized user data from a bunch of Mac users all across the planet. Right. And so I feel like I want to know why they don't think that's the right approach. Like, is it most important to, to score very high on benchmark tests and you never know what computer is going to be set up to doing that? Like, why can't it learn how you're using the Mac and optimize for things? Like, certainly, I, like John, I would like to say, give me all the settings, right? Let me choose my trade-off between battery life and power. But shouldn't it be optimizing that in real time behind the scenes based on how it learns you use the computer? I don't know. Me either. I mean, I agree. I, I think that's true. I, I, it seems like they're, they... could they acquire a company and artificial intelligence that would help them figure this out? <laughs> I'm glad you asked, Lex. What you're looking for, for is Linux. No, uh, I, <laughs> I think you're right, and I think they've dipped their toe into that in the past with things like AppNap um, and PowerNap and those kind of technologies, where it's like let's let's offload stuff that's not being actively used right now to try and prolong battery life. It just seems like maybe they've. I don't want to say taking their eye off the ball, but like, well, it's not the, you know, and you really click on the, the battery indicator on your laptop and it shows you what's using a lot of power. So you can. Right. But there, there must be ways to go above Just and beyond yourself, in terms of like, Come yeah, on. but you can't do it yourself always <laughs> like, oh, Safari is using lots of energy. Well, I'm web browsing <laughs> like <laughs> I just checked mine and it said mail was using a lot of energy. So I was like, there's an app I can quit. <laughs> I can completely quit. I tell you, if I quit all my apps and just sit there staring mm-hmm. at my computer, the battery goes a lot longer. I only have one app using significant energy right now, and it is Skype. So <laughs> screen. I was, I was pretty surprised, though, how I, I, I w- had just closed the lid of my macbook pro and left it and i thought oh, it'll last for a little last for a while and it really didn't last for a while <laughs> it was still mm-hmm. doing apparently doing a bunch of stuff in the you know even with the lid closed and then it came back and opened it up i don't remember how long it was but it didn't seem like it was that, all that long and it was dead 
I actually just weird. saw some posts about this today. No, I think it's less weird than you might think. I'm trying to find really? them. Um, was it Hockenberry? I think it was Somebody Hockenberry, was just, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think Hockenberry was tweeting as we speak today. This would have been Wednesday, January 15th, um, where he was complaining about the same thing, where his Mac was getting run down. Right. And yes, okay. I so mean, I'm a little run had, down too, but. Yeah. So Craig Hockenberry quoted advice from a guy named Jared Cocken, that's at Ingers, who was saying uh, there's uh, been a bit of chatter about dodgy wake from sleep for Wi-Fi in Catalina. Try manually switching off your Wi-Fi before you put it in sleep, then you'll know for sure. Um, and so Hockenberry reported that now mm. when he turns off Wi-Fi when he leaves his laptop closed, it stays at 100% overnight. But otherwise, it doesn't. I've had the same issue. Like, I, I've been pissed at my Mac. I also have a I have a third-party Amazon Basics uh, USB-C plug. It looks just like the Mac brick, but it's its own brick um, that I use to plug my laptop in at home. And then I use the regular Apple one at work. And for some reason, if I leave it plugged in and closed, it stops being aware that it's connected to power, which is not normally a huge deal, except with this Catalina issue, the battery drains. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I have to uh, turn Wi-Fi off. I, I had well, figured this out on my own. That's interesting, to too, off. because, uh, you know, in some ways it's not surprising because if it's even with the lid closed, right, like it can it can do stuff, you know, like so you, that when you open it, your mail's there, et cetera. But it does seem like that is going a bit amok. Yes. Yeah. And it's supposed to be that if you turn off power nap, it doesn't do that stuff, but it seems... And the, right. problem, the right. problem is... I think the problem is that it's a change in behavior, right? Because it's not the way that we expect laptops to behave after 20 years of using them. And well, I think I think you could make a strong argument that it's a bug. I mean, that seems like the way too much consumption. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've noticed something similar, actually, on my iPad at times, um, where I feel like the iPad used to last like a super long time if I just had the, you know, the screen off, right? Like, and it was just in its little... Uh, smart cover closed etc and now i do feel like i come back to it and it seems like it's run down a lot Hmm. and for a while i was actually wondering if it had to do with i have the uh, smart keyboard connected and i was starting to wonder if like the smart connector was somehow siphoning more power because sometimes it felt like if i just had a cover on it it wasn't dying as fast i don't know i didn't really like test it the like thoroughly but it does seem like it's a lot it runs down a lot faster than it has in the past where i always felt like ipad battery life was very impressive and it like you know, could go for a couple, several days without having to recharge it. So mm-hmm. maybe there's some bugs with their power management stuff. I don't know. Um, it's also a good argument for why, you know, looking at if Apple is looking at, you know, replacing laptop chips with ARM chips, you know, battery right. life would certainly be a major benefit there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, well, just keep waiting, Dan. Just keep waiting. I am waiting. <laughs> I, if I keep predicting it, I'll be right eventually. <laughs> I'm not sure why I get so much crap for waiting for a small phone when you get. <laughs> You don't get enough. You don't get enough crap for waiting for an ARM laptop. I think mine's going to happen before yours. That's why. <laughs> I'm just. I think I'm just going to have to give up, like, on what my definition of small is. That's right. That's right. It's all about redefining don't, your expectations. Don't. <laughs> Most is, is going to make a new podcast that's just euphemisms. That's all it's going to be. <laughs> called just euphemisms <laughs> starring john it's called screw euphemisms <laughs> only euphemisms <laughs> euphemistically yours that's what she said hey 